Hey everybody, this is Ruben, and you're listening to Amazing Stories. The following story contains material that may be offensive and emotionally disturbing, and may not be suitable for all ages. Listener discretion is advised. We're always on the lookout for stories. Even when we're in the middle of one, we're always keeping our ears to the ground for the next thing. That means always being alert to those little snippets of information that might indicate there's something buried that's worth digging up. What we're looking at from today started life as a locked room mystery. On the 6th of March, 2017, a man went missing from a secure psychiatric hospital just outside Providence, Rhode Island. The last person to see the man that night had been his doctor, who had visited him in his room. According to multiple accounts, doctor and patient spoke for about an hour. Then the doctor left and the patient was locked in for the night. When the orderlies entered his room the next morning, he wasn't there. The door was locked from the outside. The windows were secured. No way in or out. But no patient. So that's interesting enough. It's it's strange. Maybe someone let him out. That's the most logical explanation. But the police interviewed everyone and they seemed satisfied that no one had done that. There was nothing on the CCTV and the guard in the corridor outside swore that he hadn't left his post. So it's like the start of a Sherlock Holmes mystery. Except there just doesn't seem to be an answer to this one. Improbable or not. And so if something is that much of a mystery, if it's actually unsolvable, then we don't have a show. We always need a thread to pull, something we can build a story around. And in this case, there just didn't seem to be a thread. So we moved on. And at the time, we instead told the story of Wayne Dawson and the disappearance of those five women in Nottingham back in the 1890s. That turned out to be one of our most popular stories. If you haven't checked it out, you can find the episodes on our website. So, now cut to two months ago. Kennedy Fisher, our investigator extraordinaire, had planted a flag, as she calls it. I absolutely did not call <laughs> what it did that. What did you call it then? <laughs> I didn't call it anything. <laughs> I set up some news alerts, like I always do if we move on from something, in case the story develops. Uh, all right, well, do you want to pick it up? Sure. So, the last person to see Charles Ward... That's the missing patient's name. You didn't do that yet? I was saving it up. Okay. Uh, so, yeah. The last person to see him was his psychiatrist, Dr. Jonathan Willett. Now, Willett gave a statement to the police at the time, and there was no suggestion that he did anything wrong or was involved in the disappearance in any way. But two months ago, my news alert pings. An American psychiatrist, Dr. Jonathan Willett, has been sentenced to life in prison for the murder of Lucy Hawthorne at her home in Highgate in May this year. The court heard that Willett forced his way into Miss Hawthorne's home and stabbed her multiple times with a kitchen knife. Dr Willett had apparently been experiencing an acute paranoid schizophrenic episode and the judge sent him to Broadmoor, which, for those of you who don't know, is a high-security psychiatric facility down in Berkshire. So Willett came to England. This distinguished psychiatrist with no criminal record, no history of mental disturbance, and he murdered a woman. And that may have had nothing whatsoever to do with the missing patient back in Rhode Island, But Kennedy saw it as a weird little coincidence. And I don't believe in coincidences. 
so now there was a thread and we started pulling it and the story we uncovered the story that we're still uncovering this one is not over yet and we don't know how deep it's going to go this has to be the single strangest thing any of us at the mystery machine have ever encountered we're calling it the case of charles dexter ward So, what has prompted this sudden interest in your ancestry, Charles? Well, I don't think it's sudden. Does it seem sudden? Well, perhaps it's just new to me. I want to know who I am. In the sense that... In every sense. I don't think I'm the person they think I am. Well, who's they? People. You. My family. Your family don't know who you are? My mother did, but she lied. What did she lie about, Charles? I was up in the attic and I found something. She had one of those old files, you know, those things that stretch out? Uh, a concertina file? A birth certificate was in there. My grandfather, her father, that's not the name on the birth certificate. What's the name? Joseph Kerwin. So that was Dr. Jonathan Willett talking to Charles Dexter Ward when Ward was, what, 17? Yeah, he just turned 17. His mother had died a few months before. So is that why he's seeing Dr. Willett? No. Ward had been seeing Willett as a patient pretty much since eighth grade. Which, for the British listeners... Uh, like 13 years old. So he'd been seeing a psychiatrist since he was 13? Yeah, but there's stuff we do and don't know here. Willett recorded a, a bunch of their conversations. I guess that was his practice. And some of those tapes are on record from when Charles Ward disappeared. And they were part of the investigation. But there's a whole bunch of client-patient confidentiality stuff, which means that what we have is incomplete. And so there's some guesswork we're having to do. It seems like Charles was a problem kid from way before his mother died. Do we know what she died of? We do. She was hit by a car. A hit and run, so they never caught the guy. Okay, so there was no illness or anything that might have caused Charles distress when he was younger? Not that we know of. Charles Ward had been taken out of school when he was 15 years old. Apparently he wasn't a good fit. He was a loner. Kind of weird. Weird how? Well, I tracked down the principal the school Ward was attending in ninth grade. Uh, her name was Claire Rushmore. She asked us not to name the school and she doesn't work there anymore, but she certainly seems to have remembered Charles Ward. Well, I'm not sure. It seems unprofessional. You spoke to the police, to... Mrs. Rushmore, when they were investigating Charles Ward's disappearance. Well, yes, but I... So uh, that's a matter of public record. I'm not asking you to tell me anything you didn't say to them. No, well, I suppose he was a difficult boy. And that's not what we have difficult. All schools have difficult children. But Charles Ward was more than that. There was a darkness to him. What do you mean by darkness? Well, he, he was anti-authority, certainly. But again, we always have a few pupils like that. Often they come from difficult backgrounds, though. And I don't think that could be said of Charles. Uh, he didn't mix well. Was he bullied? Oh, no, I should say not. If anything, the other children were afraid of him. 
So he was violent? No, not violent. I understand this is a little frustrating. The police had the same issue when I talked to them. The truth is, it was not something you could put a finger on. It was just a... There was something about him that prompted disquiet, maybe, you could say. Something that was kind of off. The other children seemed to sense it. His teachers, too. And you talked to Mr. and Mrs. Ward about this? I did, yes, on a number of occasions. She said that sometimes when you bring parents in, they tell you that they don't recognize your description of their child. Uh, the kid's not like this at home and so on. And sometimes she said that really is the case. And other times, you know, they're just being defensive, which is understandable, I guess. No one wants to accept that their kid is difficult. But in the case of Mr. and Mrs. Ward... Well, I, the father. I just think he wasn't around very much. I, I don't think he had a close relationship with Charles. And certainly there was a sense that he felt he had better things to do than be hauled in to see the school principal. But the mother... I think Mrs. Ward connected with what I was saying. I think she was scared. Of her son? I think so. Again, not physically. But I, I, I shouldn't say this, but I really don't know how to explain it to you. We never had anything like the incidents that happened in some other schools. Incidents? With, with guns, I mean. School shootings. I think if I had to articulate the one underlying reason why I called the wards in, and, and, and I'm not saying, let me put it this way. If it was on TV a year or two later that a school shooting had occurred and they had put up a picture of Charles Ward, I would not have been surprised. I'm standing on Prospect Street, which is in the College Hill area of Providence. College Hill is a really nice neighborhood, one of the most affluent in the area. And at 100 Prospect Street, right where I'm standing, is what was, until a few years ago, the Ward House. It was built, I'm guessing, around the turn of the century, and it's a big house. I mean, it's a mansion by any standards. This was a family with money. Claire Rushmore, the school principal, said she was worried that Charles Ward was the kind of person who becomes a school shooter. And when you think of that, you generally picture someone from a more deprived background than this. I don't think a lot of school shooters come from places like College Hill. Built in 1924, and as you can see, it's a very fine example of the period. All the original fittings and detailing. I wanted to get a look inside the house, and as it's on the market at the moment, I called up the realtor a man who goes by the incredible name of Sylvester Bertwistle. Affluent neighborhood, a very safe, excellent schools. But you can't sell it. You cannot sell this property. And why do you think that is? Well, if I had to guess, I'd say it's the atmosphere. And he's right. It's a great house in a nice neighborhood, and houses like this are in high demand in Providence. But this one just feels unwelcoming. I've had people who were terribly excited when they saw it from the outside, but then entered the property and turned around and walked right back out again. But nothing happened here that you know of? Not that I'm aware. Uh, the Ward family were very unfortunate, as you know. Sarah Ward was hit by a car. The son was locked up in an insane... in a... Psychiatric institution? And quiet. And before that, Howard Ward, the father... Now, 
I don't understand the ins and outs of finance, but it seems he was very successful just after his wife died. And then he seems to have made a number of bad investments. By the time he passed away in 2013, there was almost no money left. And the house has been empty since 2016, when Charles Ward was... That's correct. You mind if I take a look around? Oh, be my guest. Sylvester told me that Charles's room was the second on the right up the stairs, and I wanted to take a look at it, even though I didn't really think it would yield any clues. Okay, this is quite weird. The room is empty. It's pretty big. There's not much light because this side of the house is shaded by a big old tree. There's a fireplace, but no furniture. That's all been cleared out, I guess, maybe sold. But there's a smell, like someone recently lit a fire in the grate, which it doesn't look like they have. I don't know. Ah! You okay? Yeah, I, uh... The wind just must have caught the door and it made me jump. Sorry. I don't know what made that door slam. Maybe it was the wind, but... When I heard the noise and I turned around, I could swear there was someone there. A man, standing behind the door with his back to the wall, just staring at me. Wow, so you really think there was something there? No, of course not. I mean, it seemed real in the moment. For context, you're hearing me and Kennedy in the cafe across the road from the Mystery Machine studio. It was a trick of the light or a shadow cast by something going by. We tend to do a lot of our catch-ups and stuff there, especially when we're still figuring out stories. Is this going to be a ghost story, you think? (laughs) It's not a ghost story. And we always record these meetings because, well, because I suppose we pretty much record everything. Charles Dexter Ward is a weird character. I don't know what happened to him, but there's something there. Something more than him just being a troubled kid. I think the books are interesting. The books are definitely interesting. The books refers to a recording Kennedy had played me a few minutes earlier of her visit to the librarian at Charles Ward's school. Kennedy thought she might be able to get an insight into Charles by looking at what books he signed out from the school library. This is the recording I'd just listened to. So I'm here in the library of the school that Charles Ward was in up until 10th grade. You don't have to whisper. Hi. Hello. Are you Miss Fisher? Kennedy. Hi. Mr. Shepley? George. And you're the librarian here at... Yeah, I don't think we're meant to be identifying the school. No, sure. So you know why I'm here? I do, and I think this is going to be interesting. Oh? Yeah, I dug around in the archives, which is something I have always wanted to say. But what I actually mean is I did a search on Ward Charles Dexter on the library computer system. The first thing is more Buffy, isn't it? Well, it's funny you should say that, because the list of books I found was actually very Buffy indeed. Well, kind of Evil Willow, really. Okay, here we go. And before anyone gets the wrong idea, I should point out that we have a lending arrangement with the Municipal Library here in Providence, and they in turn can order books in. I wouldn't want anyone to think we actually have these books on the shelves of the school library. Turba Philosophorum, The Key of Wisdom, The Complete Mystical Records of Dr. John Dee, The Book of Thoth, Enochian Magic. 
Wow, this list. Goes on and on, doesn't it? You can't fault the boy's appetite for reading. He was allowed to check these books out of the school library at age 14, 15. Okay, I, I think it's important to note that I was not the librarian at the time, and with respect to my predecessor, I would have taken a very different view on the matter. What do you think happened about the disappearance? I have no idea. Do you? I, uh, I took an interest after you called, and I saw this list. I looked up Charles Ward. I confess I didn't know the story before. It's pretty strange. It seems to be. You know something that did jump out at me? And I, I don't mean to derail what you're doing or... Oh, derail away. Okay. So uh, Charles Ward left the school in 2007. The records refer to it as a mutual arrangement, which basically means the school called his parents and said, don't send your kid here anymore. Yeah, I got that much. So then I wanted to see where he went after that, but he didn't transfer to a different school. No, he had a private tutor. Yeah, do you know who that was? Uh, yes, I do. Uh, Barbara Sayers. I'm going to see her tomorrow morning. Okay. What? You do me a favor. You give me a call when you've spoken to her. Sure. Why? Just indulge me. So while Kennedy had been out in the States digging around in the Charles Dexter Ward story, I'd been here trying to figure out what Dr. Willett had been doing in London. I managed to put together a biography of Willett, which we'll get to soon, but I couldn't figure out what brought him here. Had his experiences with Charles Ward sent him off the rails? Or was his trip to London completely unrelated to Ward's disappearance? And then there's obviously the murder of Lucy Hawthorne. Was that in any way connected, or was it just the most bizarre coincidence? At this point, we still didn't know if we had anything. The Charles Ward story could be interesting, but it could equally just be disturbed kid gets into the occult and goes crazy. And the disappearance could be, well, I don't know, but we weren't sure we had enough leads to set a mystery machine story in motion. So I called up an old contact of mine to see if there was any way I could get to talk to Dr. Willett in Broadmoor. Not a chance. Really? What if I wrote a letter to the Ward? You can write all the letters you want. There's no way anyone's letting some ex-columnist with a podcast talk to a paranoid schizophrenic in maximum security. It's an interesting story, though. Oh, we don't even know if it is a story yet. Oh, well, it is a story. Well, I'd advise you to tread a little carefully there. Really? Why? Because of Lucy Hawthorne. The, the murder victim? What about her? You don't have researchers or anything, there. We have an investigator. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I like her voice. <laughs> She's been off looking at the American angle. If you want the juice on Willett, look at Lucy Hawthorne. Oh, what am I looking for? Well, I can't back this up with paperwork, but as I understand it, Lucy Hawthorne was pretty well connected. Oh, OK, I can look into that. But I, I thought that Willett's attack on her was random. Right. No? Well, I'm sure that's what you thought. Listen, I don't know, maybe it was. I just heard some rumours which I'm not about to repeat on tape. But I'd look into it. And? Well, I looked at Lucy Hawthorne's close family and there's nothing remarkable there. Home counties, middle class, parents divorced when she was a teenager. Her mum moved abroad, her dad died a couple of years ago. Of? Heart attack. He'd had a couple already, nothing unusual about it. So how old was Lucy? I don't even know. She was 28. And what did she do? She was a journalist. 
Okay, that's something. No, it's not. She reviewed computer games. How did she afford to live in Highgate? Well, I wondered that, but it wasn't really Highgate. She had the ground floor flat in a house off the Archway Road. Okay. Well, I'm not seeing anything. Me neither. Until I found out that the grandparents on her mother's side are called Tillinghast. Well, that's a name. Isn't it? And the grandfather's name is Godfrey, if you can believe that. Godfrey Tillinghast? I'm guessing there's not a lot of those on Google. No, there's one. And I suspect this is the reason my contact said to tread carefully. Sir Godfrey Tillinghast. He was Cabinet Secretary from 2008 to 2016. And Cabinet Secretary is? The head of the civil service. Some people would argue it's the most powerful position in the country. There are the people you elect, and then there are the people who actually run things. And Sir Godfrey Tillinghast was in charge of them. He's retired now, but one assumes he still has a fair amount of influence. And it's definitely him. Yeah. He and his wife Caroline have one daughter, Emma, and Emma is Lucy Hawthorne's mother. So on the one hand, that maybe explains why Dr Willett's trial and sentencing happened so fast. And on the other hand? Well, my contact seems to think there was something more there. It's certainly interesting that Lucy Hawthorne was very well connected, but I can't see how it's relevant. Unless she wasn't randomly chosen as a victim. And that's one of many questions we're going to be tackling moving forward. Did Dr Willett deliberately target the granddaughter of a senior civil servant? If so, why? And does it have anything to do with the disappearance of Charles Dexter Ward? At this point, we were pretty sure we had a story worth investigating. But two days after Kennedy and I had that conversation in the cafe, we discovered we were into the weirdest story we'd ever heard. But we're going to save that for next time. This is The Mystery Machine. It's always stranger than you think. Thank you for listening, and don't forget to join us tomorrow for yet another amazing story.